welcome to Maternal Natural Health, the podcast, the show that is for women who have experienced birth trauma, postnatal depression or anxiety, and who want to come out the other side and feel like themselves again. I believe that every mother deserves to feel their best, have their body autonomy respected, and most importantly, feel confident to expand their family and have a more positive experience. I'm your host, Rihanna, a bachelor-qualified naturopath and mum to two boys, where each week I will explore different topics related to mental health, self-care, and healing to help you overcome your birth trauma and enjoy motherhood again. I'll have guests who will help shed light on their own experiences so you can learn from their insights too and discover new ways to take care of yourself and your family naturally. We do things differently around here and I know deep down you desire that too. So let's break generational patterns and live our life more holistically filled with joy and fun. Hello, welcome to another episode. Today we're talking about all things at breastfeeding not all things but you know some things okay now i don't want this to be controversial a happy baby is what is most important however the benefits of breastfeeding are incredible for both mum and baby and as a practitioner i will support you through whatever you choose to do you do you and i will just support you and that's that is my priority but i do know firsthand the difficulties of breastfeeding and so i want to share a bit of my experiences with you So let's take it back to the very beginning when you have your first baby in hospital and you literally feel like a cow being milked by every midwife available in there grabbing your boobs to help you learn to breastfeed. In hindsight, I think that this is something that's really hindered the ability to just relax and bond with your baby. But I did make it a priority to continue to do bonding activities like I talked about in a previous episode, right? So with my first son, I ended up needing to use a nipple shield due to my nipples, but also he had an upper lip tie. And if you've used nipple shields before, you know what a pain they can be, you know, how much more difficult it is to feed in public with them. It makes an already difficult time harder. However, it is what helped uh, helped me be able to breastfeed both of my children, so it had to be done. And I was lucky with my first son that after 10 weeks, he suddenly stopped needing the shield anymore and we went on to breastfeed until he was a little over two years old. And I'm really proud of that. With my first son, it was really only those early day challenges for me. And honestly, the rest of the experience together was great, apart from the sleep deprivation and the frustration that can come um, from when you choose to breastfeed and sleep and co-sleep. But we made do and we got through. My second son, however, was a completely different story. And I'm grateful that I've been able to experience this wide spectrum of breastfeeding because, you know, it means I can help you better with my own personal experience and being able to you know, you know exactly how you're feeling at whatever stage you are at. And this, my second son, he has got a very obvious tongue, tongue tie, which meant feeding was difficult from the start. Um, we also used nipple shields for the entire time breastfeeding him, which was for about four months exclusively. And however, this time around, he, he needed the nipple shields the whole time, right? Because of the tongue tie. And because of that, he was not draining my breast properly, and so I ended up having mastitis twice, which was not great. If you've had mastitis, you know that it's quite awful and draining um, on all of you. And I really am not a fan of pumping. Like, It's just, it's difficult, it's time-consuming, and if you have done pumping and you've exclusively pumped hats off to you, you are an incredible human, but it's just... I could not do it. 
and so with my second I intended on going back to uni quite early when he was about four months old and so I either had to be able to make sure I'm pumping or make the choice to mix feed and so I searched for a formula that I was happy with which is what I recommend to everyone by the Little Oak Company it is a goat milk base so I started to mix feed him and I went back to uni which then was abruptly cancelled due to the start of the pandemic um, but by this point uh, with the tongue tie having used bottles already you know I made the choice to just completely formula feed him what's interesting to note is I did notice a big difference in my mental health here with when I used formula as it was more scheduled you know there was a routine to the day compared to when I was breastfeeding on demand at all hours of the day having to be present for every feed you know and then with that transition to motherhood hitting me really hard it was really difficult a difficult part that definitely played you know a, a bit in my postnatal depression I'm sure now it's no secret breastfeeding is the biological norm and as such the benefits are huge and you know it's not just feeding and nourishing your little one but you know it also helps to soothe and comfort them and it helps you know not just with their immune system nourishment comfort it's got positive effects on the mother to minimize risk of breast breast cancers so I really am a big, believing, big believer in where you can, where possible, to be able to exclusively breastfeed at least for that first six months when you introduce solids. And that is one of the recommendations also from the World Health Organization. But, you know, with that being said, there are many challenges to breastfeeding. And as I've shared my own challenges, they're not just of the mother, they can be from the system as well. And we've got social barriers. Um, things like you not being breastfed as a child, no one else around you breastfeeding, not having the support to breastfeed and not having the education around breastfeeding are really big challenges and that's why I love education and prevention and that's a big part of what I do here, right? Um, another big challenge is returning to work and so with my return to uni that was a big factor that made, made my choice you know, to stop breastfeeding and so it's really hard when we're living in this world and this society um, you've got to make tough choices and do what you need to do that's right for you, right? And we can even bring this back to birth trauma. So if that's something that you've experienced, you know, you might have difficulties with feeding um, when you've missed that early skin-on-skin -skin time, if you've had a C-section, if you've been induced, if you've had an epidural, if you've yeah, had that separation, um, you've had a delayed first breastfeed, if supplementing feeds has been given in hospital and then you've got so much different advice from all different professionals in that setting and really poor support after discharge so one of the biggest things we can do as mothers and myself as a healthcare professional is to really provide support to the breastfeeding mother if that is what she desires to do and referring her to lactation consultants or other support people that can help and as we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, I go on and on and on about the importance of your nutrition as the mother when breastfeeding is huge. There are actually two groups of nutrients when you're breastfeeding. And one is that the quality of the breast milk is dependent on your nutrient status as the mother. Okay, so that's vitamins A, C, E, D, some B vitamins there, choline, iodine, selenium, and DHA. So it's really important for you as the mother to focus on the intake of those nutrients working with your practitioner to make sure you're doing that. Now, I want to touch on when breastfeeding might not be enough to support your little one and what the signs of this are, because this is what 
so important again educating preventative medicine so if you notice these signs you can act accordingly and what's really great with naturopathy is we've got many herbs and nutrients that can help with your supply if you know that is what the problem is so until your baby's about six weeks old you really want to be seeing three or more stools passed less than that a day um, can be an indication of not getting enough milk with wet nappies you really want to see at least six of these in a 24-hour period so anything less than that can indicate that the baby is dehydrated so if you've got painful nipples this can indicate a poor latch that baby isn't getting enough milk and obviously the main reason the main thing that you might know that your baby's not getting enough is if they're not gaining weight or they're losing weight so if you're noticing these signs here are some things that you can do right breastfeeding is a supply and demand situation so you really want to get baby on their feeding frequently for longer amounts of time as much as possible is a really good place to start offering both breasts with each feed is good too so if they're not interested in the second breast I would change the nappy there you don't know, change the clothes have a small little break let them build up that little tiny appetite a little bit and then offer the other breast the next thing you might want to do is assess your baby's latch and make sure they're attached properly properly you might need the insist the assistance here of a breastfeeding support person like a lactation consultant or maybe you have a doula who is trained in that as well and obviously being hydrated and drinking enough water is so so crucial so if those things alone aren't working, this is where we pull out the big guns with some herbal galactagogues, right? These are, um, some of them are aniseed, fennel, fenugreek, St. Mary's thistle, just to name a few. But it's important to remember that these may not be helpful if the latch is not right. If the actual removal of milk from the breast is not happening properly, these things are not probably going to work. And with my experience, with my son having a tongue tie, it can really affect your breastfeeding experience and it affects their latch, it affects the removal of the milk. Um, so, you know, you might want to assess if having that snipped is something that you want to do. And that sort of is where we lead down the spiral of blocked, blocked ducks mastitis. All of those other things about breastfeeding that we could go into and talk about, but there are so many challenges that can come up. And, you know, if you breastfeed for an extended amount of time, you, you know, might want to know more about winning or solids, breast refusal, you know, teething changes their latch, all these things. But I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, if you are interested in more breastfeeding related content, please come and let me know over on Instagram and I will add a episode in the future on that if that's something you are interested in. But otherwise, I would love to hear your biggest takeaways over on Instagram and I will see you next week for another episode.